0: Diamonds are inherited from one generation to the next, but there is another inheritance that is ours, far more precious than any diamond, eternal life. Welcome friends to our final episode of Dust to Diamonds, this special Lenten preaching series that we have been going through for this season of Lent. Thank you very much for your faithfulness in journeying along with me, whether you've been watching these videos or perhaps listening to me on the podcast. God bless you for your faithfulness in that. We looked at over the last few weeks the parallels in the spiritual life of how the Lord, with our cooperation, will take the dust of our lives, particularly in this season of Lent, with our prayers, our fasting our almsgiving, and form them into precious diamonds that are mined, that are cut and polished in such a way as to radiate the maximum amount of light. He, Jesus, who is the light of the world, capital L, light as a natural diamond, will itself reflect the natural light, small l light. Diamonds last forever because they are the hardest-known substance on earth, and they are indeed greatly treasured. But the Lord, in in the Gospels, he talks about how we are to have the true uh, treasure, and that true treasure, which is the gift of eternal life, is where our heart is to be of maximum usefulness and openness uh, to him. This is what the Lord uh, says in the Gospel of Matthew. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Diamonds are treasured, but eternal life is our greatest treasure. Diamonds are inherited, but eternal life is instead our true and greatest inheritance given to us by the Lord himself, the work of redemption that he accomplished on the cross. And we're soon to enter into Holy Week, where we will spiritually journey along with the Lord in his passion, death, and ultimate resurrection. We have an inheritance. What is the Lord offering to us? Through the prophet Ezekiel, the first reading we have today for this fifth Sunday of Lent, He says that I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. I will put my spirit within you so that you may live. Why is the Lord doing this for us? Why is this being offered to us? Because in his eyes, each of us is indeed a precious treasure, far more valuable than any diamond. The biggest, most elaborate, shiniest rock diamond of the world We are that much more precious in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. If we are buried under layers of dust, if we have in our life journeyed to far off places, if the fire of the Holy Spirit is diminished in us, then we allow the Lord to find us. We come before the Lord just as we are, we open the doors of our heart, we surrender ourselves to Him and say, Lord, Do in my life whatever you need to do, because ultimately it is for our good. Why? Because, again, we are precious in his sight. We are beyond value in his sight in comparison to anything we might have in the material world. That we are his inheritance, the inheritance of Jesus from his father. We are his precious heirloom. And St. Peter talks about this in the first letter that he wrote. You can look up in your Bibles. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. We have an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven. That is our inheritance, my dear friends. And we want to claim that inheritance, claim ourselves for Jesus state that Jesus is indeed the Lord and Savior of our life. What Jesus did on the cross, he did for me, making it personal. And I have an inheritance, an inheritance of eternal life with him forever. And I want to claim that inheritance. When we speak about inheritance, we think automatically of family. And family was very important with Jesus. He enjoyed the friendship of Mary, Martha and Lazarus, Lazarus, sorry. Jesus was born, of course, into his own family, the holy family of Mary, Joseph and Jesus himself. And our gospel has a couple of very interesting verses in regards to the, the affection that Jesus had for Lazarus. He whom you love is ill." Jesus very much loved Lazarus and appreciated his company and his companionship. Jesus would have visited Mary, Martha, and Lazarus on many occasions. The gospel goes on to say that Jesus wept. Today's translation is Jesus began to weep, but the, the shortest that's actually the shortest verse in scripture. Jesus wept. It's not just a little case of the sniffles or a little bit of a wet eye or a lump in the throat, Jesus wept genuine, true sorrow upon knowing that his friend Lazarus had died. So Jesus is born into a family, Jesus appreciated the fellowship and companionship of being part of a family i can certainly identify with that being born into my own family but also the the welcoming that i receive into other families and i'm sure you can identify with that as well both mary and martha said the same thing to jesus in this gospel account we have today from john chapter 11. lord if you had been here my brother would not have died. Ouch! That's that's uh, like what was it like to to hear and receive that uh, by Jesus, especially coming from his good friends Mary and Martha. But it reminds us an important spiritual principle that even though we have accepted the friendship of Jesus, even though we claim and identify to being friends of Jesus, it does not give us a dispensation from life. We are not somehow afforded a pass from the pain and the suffering of life. Instead, when I experience life through the, the lenses, the glasses of being a friend of Jesus, it gives it meaning. It makes sense. And the Lord says in today's gospel account about this death of Lazarus, this illness is for God's glory so that the Son of Man himself may be glorified through it. Mary receives from uh, Martha very consoling words. That Martha says to Mary, the teacher Jesus is here, and he is calling for you. We can make this personal, that Jesus is calling for me to come to him. Jesus wants me, wants you to be with him. And what is it that Jesus wants to say to us personally? The words that he said to Mary and to Martha, and then when Lazarus was resurrected from the dead, the words that they would themselves share, we're not privy to what happened after Lazarus came forth from the tomb, but one can imagine that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus spent time, some time uh, together. Jesus, when he says, I want you to come to me, again, we make that personal. Jesus is saying to us, I love you. I am with you always. You are mine. I have not forgotten about you. I have not abandoned you. Do not be afraid of the darkness. I am the light of the world. I died to save you. And I want you to be with me forever in heaven. And so today, we want to accept this precious gift, eternal life. This is our genuine, true inheritance. And Jesus, the gospel says... He cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And why is it that Jesus needed to use a loud voice, or what the kids call your outside voice rather than your inside voice? The tomb that Lazarus was in, the tombs that we ourselves can find ourselves in, are distant, are distant from the Lord. And so the Lord needs to project his voice, not because he is, you know, geographically far away from the tomb, but spiritually, when we are in these various tombs that we find ourselves in, we are spiritually distant from the Lord. And the Lord then has to project his voice so that we can hear him. We're about again to enter into Holy Week. And Jesus on the cross, he, Matthew's gospel says, cries out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Because at that instant, the Lord was completely, totally separated, distant from the Lord. And so he cries out with a loud voice to his father, because he wants his father to hear him. He felt distant, he felt separated. We are distant. We are separated from the Lord when we are in these various tombs of our life. But the Lord, in his mercy and goodness, is more than capable of meeting us halfway, or even more than halfway. He's the one that projects his voice so we can hear him. Jesus is calling us to come out of any tombs that we find ourselves in. He wants to set us free and This season of Lent, again, with our prayer, our fasting, our almsgiving, is our way to cooperate with the Lord. I need more coffee. Speaking of Lent, it's kind of a funny question to ask as we're so far into the season of Lent, but how's Lent going anyway? We're almost at the season of Easter. Easter. Uh, maybe we are at this point now recognizing that, you know, we've lived without certain foods, certain drinks, and we're realizing that they were not all that necessary anyway in the beginning, you know, to afford us a certain level of happiness. Maybe with the various spiritual disciplines we've taken on, daily mass, rosary, Bible reading, etc., we're realizing again, you know what, they haven't They haven't overtaxed us. The question is, are we willing to cooperate with the Lord as he continues to change the dust of our life into precious diamonds, ultimately preparing us to receive our greatest inheritance, which is eternal life? Do I see Easter as the finish line or lent as spiritual spring training preparation for yet for whatever yet is to come because if i see easter simply as the finish line oh thank goodness i got over that okay where was i right take up what i was doing before and go back to what i was doing or eating or drinking before not that these things are bad in and of themselves but if i see easter simply as the finish line I miss out on an opportunity to continue to cooperate with the Lord. And instead, I want to see Lent as spiritual spring training, conditioning, the conditioning of our spiritual muscles so that I am that much more willing and able to continue to give the Lord permission because the Lord wants to continue to work through us calling us to ever, ever closer intimacy with himself and, of course, growth in holiness. Lent is our way to warm up, to get ready for the season of our life that lies ahead, to continue to build on the positive changes we are recognizing in ourselves, to encourage the positive changes we are seeing happening in others because it's our preparation our preparation to receive our true treasure far more precious than any diamond which again is eternal life it's almost been 3 years since pope francis stood alone in the square of st peter's in rome to give his erbi et orbi message at the beginning of the pandemic the date was march 27th 2020. And on that occasion, I'm sure we can all remember watching it on TV, the solemn nature of that of that event, standing again alone by himself in an empty square, speaking to the world and to the city of Rome. He said on that occasion for weeks now it has been evening. Thick darkness has gathered over our squares, our streets, and our cities, it has taken over our lives, filling everything with a deafening silence and a distressing void that stops everything as it passes by. We feel it in the air. We notice it in people's gestures. Their glances give them away. We find ourselves afraid And lost, like the disciples in the gospel. We were caught off guard by an unexpected and violent storm. Pope Francis went on to say on that monumental occasion It is not the time for your judgment, Lord, but of our judgment. A time to choose what matters and what passes away. A time to separate what is necessary from what is not. A time to get back on track with regard to you, Lord, and to others. A time to get back on track in regard to you, Lord, and to others. Three years on, how are we doing with this? What causes us to forget this? What causes us to forget that we are offered a precious treasure far more valuable than any diamond? Eternal life. That is our genuine and true treasure, our genuine and true inheritance that we want to claim. What is it that causes us to forget that? It's the emotional, mental, spiritual, intellectual stones that close us off into tombs as Lazarus himself in today's gospel account was closed off into a tomb. What tombs do I find myself in? The tomb of resentment, anger, unforgiveness, fear, self-pity, addiction, Comparison to others, etc. What tomb do I find myself in today? But all is not lost, my dear friends. There is profound hope, and the world needs hope, especially in these dark times, and His name is Jesus. And the Lord says in today's gospel I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he adds, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do I believe this? I believe this. I believe that I have a destiny, an inheritance, a precious treasure that is being offered to me by what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And I want to cooperate with that. Eternal life. That's the precious treasure. That's the inheritance that is offered to us. And the way I cooperate with the Lord so that I can accept and receive and experience and live that forever is that I give the Lord permission to continue to form, to mine, to cut, to polish so that I can radiate his light as a diamond radiates the natural light in the natural world. A diamond lasts forever. And in Christ, we will too. Eternal destiny, that is ours. In our true treasure, our true inheritance, which again is eternal life. So let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, Jesus as we always do, Lord, for the gift of each person who is part of this sipping on the Sabbath family, Lord, that you're raising up men and women from all over the world, that you bring us together, Lord Jesus, to break open your word and to hear your truths, Jesus, your truth of love, your truth of mercy, your truth of peace, But also, Lord, the truth that we do need to hear, calling us, Lord, by your grace to cooperate so that we can break free, Lord, break free of anything in our life that's not of you. We thank you, Jesus, for these last few weeks of reflecting, Lord, how you take the experiences of our life and you form them, you mine them, you cut them, you polish them so that we can, Jesus, like a diamond, radiate light. Radiate you, Jesus, the light of the world. Help us to do that, Lord. We give you once again, Lord Jesus, our yes, and we give you permission, Lord, to continue to move and act in our life, however you wish, keeping in mind, Lord, that whatever it is that you're asking of us, whatever it is you allow to happen, Lord, is ultimately for our sanctification. Our good. Lord Jesus, we do come before you today, and we can be like Lazarus. We can find ourselves, Lord, in various tombs with stones rolled in front of them. Maybe, Lord, we have put ourselves in a tomb. Maybe, Lord, we have rolled the stone in front by ourselves. And we repent of that, Lord. Lord, maybe we have been put into tombs by other people. Maybe others have rolled stones in front of the tomb, blocking us in. We want Jesus today to repent of any way in which we have done this and to forgive Jesus from our heart anyone who has done it to us. Regardless, Lord, whether we're in there ourselves. Or we've been put in there by someone else. Jesus, we ask you, we cry to you, Lord, to roll that stone away. It's too heavy for us, Jesus, to do it on our own. Just roll that stone away, Jesus. Call us out. May we hear those words, Lord, that you spoke to those standing beside Lazarus, unbind him and let him go free. We want to be unbound, Jesus. We want to go free, Jesus. And this is all a gift from you, Lord, that we accept. Help us, Lord, to put aside the bandages that are tying us up, that are binding us. We want to discard those, Lord, and live, Jesus, in the fresh air and the breeze and the sunlight of your Holy Spirit. We're praying especially, Lord, for anyone who themselves are carrying a very heavy burden. Anyone, Jesus, listening or watching this podcast who has been away from you in confession for a long time, that you would continue, Lord Jesus, to speak gently to their hearts, call them back to yourself, Call us all back to yourself, Jesus, so we can all experience the profound healing effects of those words, especially before Easter, Lord. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Mother Mary and St. Joseph, our guardian angels, our own patron saints, please pray for us today. Amen. Okay, well, there we go. God bless you there. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again for journeying along with me. We'll continue, of course, in the weeks and months to come. This is not the end, but we will get back to our regular scheduled Sipping on the Sabbath programs ASAP. God bless you in the meantime. Keep Let's keep praying for each other. If you have any particular prayer requests, intentions. Don't hesitate to send them my way. Please pray for me and know that I am indeed uh, praying for you. If you're new to this channel, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you again as always for your ongoing temporal support that makes this ministry possible. Stay caffeinated. Remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong and victory is indeed gained through surrender. And may Almighty God bless you today and every day, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye-bye.